going. So, this week's parsha is parsha's lechlecha, and um, the words lechlecha itself are quite. If you think about as we do when we learn through Chumash together, go take it word by word. It's a, it's a shocking expression. So, Hashem tells Avram, his name's not Avraham yet. Hashem tells Avram, lechlecha, lechlecha. What does it say in our scroll? Lech lecha, go for yourself. Lech lecha, if you translate this literally, means lech, go, lecha, to yourself. Lech lecha. Hashem tells Avram, go to yourself. What does that mean? Okay. Question number one. How do you go to yourself? May artzicha from your land. Umi molartcha, and from your birthplace. Umi beisavicha, and your parents' home. Different than birthplace, apparently. El ha'aretz, and you're going to go to the land, asher ha'eka, that I will show you. Okay? Let's take this piece by piece. What does it mean, lech lecha, go to yourself? What's going on here? So Rashi is bothered by this, right? Rashi is bothered by a lot of things. There's books out there called, What's Bothering Rashi? Because Rashi, there's a lot of things that bothered Rashi. There, uh, the Rebbe Kiva Eger, as we qu- quote him often, is known to have uh, is known to have stated very often how jealous he is of people who don't think. He's jealous. Now he doesn't mean he's jealous in life. What he's saying is they live such an easy life. You just don't think, so nothing bothers you, right? But once you start thinking, there's things that bother you. So sometimes we think because we're bothered, it's like there's a problem. And the truth is no. It's just that there's more things that we need, to, we, we need clear because the more you think, the more needs to be clarified. So Rashi was bothered by a lot of things because he needed, uh, you know, he was, Rashi was a thinker and, and needed things uh, clarified. Good afternoon. Come on in. All right. So Rashi's bothered. What do you mean go to yourself? So Rashi says, interesting, for your pleasure, for your benefit, and for your good. That's what it means. Hashem tells Avram, go to yourself. He's telling Avram, what I'm about to tell you is, what I'm about to instruct you about going to a land, which I will show you in the future, <clears throat> is going to be something that's to you. It's for your gain more than anybody else. When you listen to the word of God, you're gaining more than anybody else. That's what it means. You're going to you. It's going to be directly for your benefit. Because until now, Avram is 75 years old. And he had dreams of spreading God's name and having a family, you know. And right now he was doing his best, but it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't his dream, so to speak. Meaning it wasn't necessarily the way he envisioned it. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you know, that's been your avayda until now. That's been your service until now. And now I'm going to tell you to go to a land where you are now at this age going to start receiving some other things. There's going to be other things you receive in order to continue fulfilling your mission. Until now, you didn't need that. And now I'm going to give you things that you personally want, so to speak, which is interesting. We're going to focus on this. It's, uh, it's, it's like Avram Avinu is being selfish by going. It, this was a test. It doesn't seem like God's giving him too hard of a test when he's promising him everything that he ever wanted. Okay, But if, if you're promised anything you ever wanted, what's the test in doing it? So that's, that's going to be a conversation in and of itself. But Rashi answers to say, go to yourself. Hashem's telling Avram, it's for your best benefit. This is something that, you've, that, that, that uh, you want. Okay. 
Now notice the order of the words. Lech lecha, go to yourself from your land. Usually, if we were to speak, the way that we would present this is, go from a place to elsewhere. The Pasuk says, go, and then it says, from what? Because there's two reasons why people move from place to place. One, there, there, there are certain, I mean, there's many more than two reasons, but two primary focuses why anybody will ever move. Number one is, I got to get out of this situation. It doesn't matter where I'm going. It doesn't really matter. What's happening right now is not good. So I, I need to leave. Where? doesn't really matter. But the main idea is from, just get out. Then there's other times where you're going somewhere for the destination. I'm going to that place. It's not like I have an issue with what's happening here. I feel there'll be more hatzlacha, be more success, or it'll be more to my advantage to be somewhere else. Right? And we do this many, many times when in, in decisions that people make in life, in decisions why people feel the need to move homes or to move from one country to another country. Sometimes it's like, I, I just need to leave. I need a new start. And other times, no, I specifically want to be there. I, I want to be part of that. I want to be in that location. So that's going too. Hashem's telling the reason why it goes in this order, even though it seems to be out of order in the verse. Again, what was our question? Hashem tells Avram, go, and then it says, from. It should be the opposite. The message over here is that Avram didn't have to go from anywhere. The goal was to go to whatever location Hashem sent him. So that's why it's mentioned first. Lecha, go to wherever. Okay, that means you're going to be leaving these, uh, the, your, your land, your birthplace, your father's home, etc., etc. So what does Hashem bless him with? Hashem says, I'll make you a great nation. You'll be blessed. I'll make your name big. What does it mean? I'll make you. What does it mean? I'll make you a great nation. You'll be blessed and you'll be big. Rashi says it's referring to children. It's referring to money and it's referring to fame. Children, money, and fame. That's what Hashem's blessing him with. What's with the bracha? What is this? So Rashi explains that these three, three things primarily you lose when you travel. Usually, when you travel, you lose your system. You you leave your family behind which Avram here is instructed only to leave his father's family. Right? He didn't, you know, it was him and his wife, it was him and Sarah. But generally when people move from location to location, so they're, they're going on their own. Also, it costs money to travel. It costs, it costs money to move. And you lose your name. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good, but it's a restart. You're able to press a restart button. Baruch Hashem, we know each other here. If somebody here were to go move to a different city, we don't know anybody, so now you have to introduce people and say your name and restart and start from scratch. So usually you'd lose these things, these three things particularly, HaKadosh Baruch who's telling Avram Avinu that actually the opposite is going to happen when you, uh, when you follow my direction. Okay. That's... That's the, uh, that's the Vehei uh, Bracha, and you will be a source of Bracha. All right, those are the first two verses. Let's see how far into these verses uh, we're able to get. So Hashem tells Avram to go, go for your own benefit. So many people, uh, many uh, Rishonim count this as number one of the ten trials. Why is this a test? It seems to be, Hashem seems to be promising Avram everything. Everything you ever wanted. But what's the test? Huh? Still hard? Still hard? But he gave all the brachas already. I'm going to take you to a place, you'll have everything. 
You'll have everything. But you're still leaving once you know. Okay. I think there's still I think I think there there's still the unknown. And interestingly, we find this in Avram's great grandchildren when we left Egypt. When we left Egypt, what happens? Until today, God says, and we say this in the davening on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, Hashem says, Ko amar Hashem, this is a verse from the prophets, so says God, Zacharti la chesed I remember your kindness. God looks at us, the Jewish people, he says, I remember your kindness. How you loved me when you were in our younger years. How so? By following me out into the desert, a barren land for 40 years, and you just stayed out there with me. God says, I'm forever indebted to you and your children and the grandchildren. All of the Jewish people, I'm, I'm, I'm indebted because of this early stage of the relationship where you followed me out. And we could say, of course we followed you out. We're going to do stay in Egypt and get beat up. And the answer is that, yeah. that that's what we knew. That's what we knew. It's, change is a difficult thing. We quote, huh? And many people did that. Many people did that. Forfus did that. <laughs> you know, there's a... This is what I know. I'm staying there. Yeah. So there's a, a share over. Somebody told me that somebody came to Revel Yashiv. Somebody came to Revel Yashiv. I think I've shared this before, but he says, um, he says, I'm scared. He says, why are you scared? He says, I have a too good in life. I have a too good. I have everything going for And I'm just waiting for a whooping. He's like, I'm just waiting for it. Like, I, I got like, so you says, first of all, God's not this big old mean machine. Yeah, everybody, everybody, you know, you have your avoda, and if you have, if you have bracha now in your life, so then your avoda is to share that and spread it and, and spread good, whatever it is. But he says, if you're nervous about whether you've ever gotten a, whether you've ever gotten a whooping, yeah, he says, have you ever moved? You ever needed to move? He said, yeah. He's like, don't worry, you've had some kaparas. You've had some, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. Especially when you've been in a place for a while, you know. I remember just trying to get a, and I'm, I'm uh, haven't been around as long as many of you here. I got a new cell phone like two years ago. It was so like uncomfortable for like six months. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing with this. Where, what, like, I'm used to like touching this and pushing that button and, and that's how you make it. And now it's like, and you're like, what's the big deal? You just go and they make a whole joke about the kids. My one and a half year old is like, you know, swiping through, you know, you ever have a problem with your phone? So you call, you just have a baby, pick it up. They'll figure out how to get into anything. That's it, right? But it's, it's, what's the idea here? The idea, there's something to learn from that. Change is hard. It's a hard thing. Even if you know that, but it's going to make your life so much easier and you'll be able to see everything and video call people. And uh, All right. It's, listen, listen, we have a way that we function and that's legitimate. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu has HaKadosh Hataif. God has HaKadosh Hataif to us for making that move with him. Make that move with him. And there are those who say, kind of what we're saying over here to answer this question, that with all the brachos that Avram is being promised, it's not easy leaving your, leaving your system behind. It's really not. I, his father's Tarach. His father's the guy who threw him into the furnace. Yeah? Okay. My father, Zuchar Nebracha, would say that, that uh, we could make fun of Tarach, and he was a no-goodnik. He was a balavo de Zara. But he, he loved his son. And as warped as his brain was, Avram Avinu knew that his father was terribly wrong, but he still didn't leave his father because he knew that 
there was there, there you know obviously he wasn't in danger anymore his father wasn't going to kill him after that maybe Tarach even came around after the incident of the furnace I'm like I'm not messing with my son anymore <laughs> but we, we find that Avram Avinu hung around his father took care he didn't want to leave until HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded him that he's got to leave he didn't want to leave he didn't have the best dad in the world he still you know he, he hung around there the Arachayim HaKadosh answers something interesting and he, he says, and you know, something is uh, something to contemplate. And I, I hear where the Arachayim is coming with this, doesn't need my, my uh, uh, approbation. But the Arachayim says that this is because Hashem promised him all these benefits, that was what made Avram, that's what made the test. In other words, Hashem wanted to test Avram to see why he's going to go. Hashem knew Avram found him. And they, they already had this. They've been going, they, they've, Avram, they had this relationship. It's going to strengthen during the test. Because Baruch Hu, for the first test, we'll call it, wanted to see if I command Avram to go to Eretz Yisrael with everything he ever imagines, how is he going to react to that? How is he going to react to that? It's a, it's a very profound concept that Rachaim is, is sharing with us. Is Avinu going to connect more to me and go because I asked him to go? And when you respond to a request that shows there's a relationship, is that what's going to be pulling Avram? Or is Avram going to go really for himself? Because very often when, and this is a scary thing, this is a scary, uh, you know, when people have something and uh, talent comes to them, a gift comes to them, blessing comes to them, um, they change. They change, right? They've, uh, you know, the Powerball lottery is now over a billion dollars, right? So all of a sudden, everybody's like buying it. When it was two hundred million, eh, it's not worth it. It's not good. That. Not good. That. That's like the standard, you know. Nobody's interested. Nobody's interested. You know that now it's like what oh, over a billion. Psh, now we're talking. Now I could spend my dollar or whatever, <laughs> right? So it's, it's an interesting uh, concept how it works. The, the way. If it would usually be 10 and now it's up to 200, psh, now we're going to go. You know, it's usually 200, now it's a billion, now I'm interested. Now it's here. But, right, so that's, so that's where we're going to go. So now, so now when you have people who, who win this kind of money, what happens is, is they get new homes, new cars, new friends, new families. That's how it works. That's how it works, right? A, they, they make a joke where, where um, you could either say the husband to the wife or the wife to the husband says, honey... If I would, uh, if I would win the lottery, if I would win the lottery, uh, what? Uh, if I would win the lo- if, if you would win the lottery, what would you do? So the spouse says, I would keep half of it, give you the other half, and tell you to hit the road. Right? <laughs> so, so the so the spouse so the spouse says, um, the spouse takes out six dollars. Says, here, I want a twelve dollars scratch off. Take six bucks and get out of here. <laughs> right? In other words, yeah, I won the lottery. You know, he won six dollars. But what happens is it's 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 a it's a joke, but it's not funny because that's what happens. Mamish people have bracha that comes and they change, and they don't change for the better. Nothing wrong with developing and becoming better, but if you don't develop and you're not aware to develop for the better, that is a huge test. And the Arachayim Hakadosh is telling us this is what's Avram Avinu's test. It's such a profound idea. Hashem's telling Avram, "Here's my test. Not only that you're going to go, but you're." Reality is going to change profoundly. What's going to be then? 
And Amravinu steps up to the plate, obviously. We're here, right? We're his descendants. We're all, we're all here. Avram Avinu steps up to the plate and he took these blessings and these gifts and he withstood the trial. And he became even closer to the Rabbi Shalom and started spreading HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name uh, even further. Okay. Let's keep going in the Pasuk. I'm going to take you to, go for yourself, go to yourself from the land, from your brothers, from your father's home, the Aretz Hashar Eka, to the land that I will show you. Says Rav Simcha Bunim Apshischa. Simcha Bunim Apshischa, and the earlier Hasidic Sherebus has such beautiful and profound ideas on the Parsha. He says that, you know, the, the Sfarim teach us that looking in the, in, into the face of a tzaddik, when you see a tzaddik, it opens up the eyes of, of, it opens up the, eyes of the person. You're not supposed to gaze at the face of a Russia. If you ever see a painting or a picture of, a, of Hitler, you machshamay. Right or some you're not supposed to look at their they, don't look it's garbage right yeah. but you see you see a tzaddik see a picture of a tzaddik or specifically if you see a tzaddik in person you should gaze at their face the svarim say look look at them because the eyes you know the face is called punim shaina punim yeah beautiful face right shaina is beautiful punim is a face uh, punim face has the that Hebrew word is the same word as pnim which means internal. Pneumius is what's inside of you. Because the face really brings out, you could see a lot from a person's face what's going on inside. Now, people are good actors, that's true. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's reality. But uh, the panim represents the panim with our emotions and with a lot of things. You can really see a lot. So Rasulullah says that HaKadosh Baruch is telling Avram Avinu, I'm going to take you to the land, to this land I'll show you, which ultimately we know to be the land of Canaan, El Ha'ar is the land Asher Ar Eka, that it's a place, not that I will show you, but I will have you shown. It's important for the people in Canaan to see a tzaddik. You need to go there because I need to show you to the people there. Asher Ar Eka, you will be shown, you will, people will, uh, will notice you uh, over there. Okay. Listen to this, it's beautiful. I'll make your name big. What does it mean, I'll make your name big? So, the commentators explain as follows. How many letters are there in the names of our forefathers? You have Avraham, Aleph, Vez, Reish, Hei, Mem. Aleph, Vez, Reish, Hei, Mem is five letters. Yitzchak is four letters. Yaakov, Yud, Ayin, Kovvez, four Five plus four plus four. What do we have? Thirteen letters. Okay. Let's take the name of our matriarchs. Sara. Three. Sin Reshe. Three. Rivka. Four. four. Rachel. Three. Leah. Three. Four plus three plus three plus three. What do you have? Thirteen. Right? So the name of our Avos are thirteen letters. The name of our Yemais are thirteen letters. What's thirteen plus thirteen? Twenty-six. Twenty-six is God's name, Yud, Hey, and the Vav, and the Hey. That's twenty-six. If you combine all the names and letters of our Avos and Imos, so you have twenty-six letters. Okay, that represents Hakadosh Baruch. Fine. Now, Rashi says like this. This is fantastic. We're not done with this. Rashi says like this. Rashi says that. 
I'll make you a great nation. These words are the reason why we say in the first blessing of Shemona Esrei, Elokei Avram. We start out the Amidah, the Shemona Esrei, by saying, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. Okay, so why do we say those three names? Where did the sages get it from that these three names need to be mentioned? It's from this verse, okay? This that it says... Uh, that we say, okay, Avram, it's because Hashem says, I'll make you a great nation. So when we say the words, okay, Avram, we're dealing with the greatness of who we are as descendants of Avram. That's the greatness of the Jewish people. And I will bless you. That's why we say, okay, Yitzchak. The, the name Yitzchak is blessing. And I will na- make your name great. I will make your name big. This is why we say, okay, Yaakov, represent, represent, which represents Torah. Torah is the robustness of how we remain Klal Yisrael. So we say, because of this, okay, Avram, okay, Yisrael, okay, Yaakov, there's obviously much deeper meanings happening over here. Okay. Now here's the question. The first blessing of Shemona Esrei, we say all their names. How does the blessing end? Magain Avram. Why don't we say everybody? You need all three. Thank you so much. Why do we say, we need all three? Why are you only saying Avram? So, says, the, says Rashi, the Hayye Bracha, the verse says, I'll make your name big, Hayye Bracha, and you'll be the Bracha. So we say, Baruch to Hashem. I mentioned the Bracha. Hashem promised Avram, only him. Only he's going to be mentioned in the Bracha. And that's why we say, uh, that's why we say, Magain Avra. Okay. So they say it like this. They say that, I'll make your name big, Zesha Omrim Elokei Yaakov. This is what we say, the God of Yaakov. Make your name big, Yaakov represents Torah. Here's the question, you know, Avram, his name was changed to Avraham. You're not allowed to say, you're not allowed to call him Avram anymore. Gemara says, you're not allowed to call him Avram anymore. Unless you're referring to the earlier time, before the shit name was changed. But in general, we don't call Avraham Avram, he's Avraham. We don't find that issue by Yaakov. Yaakov's name was also changed to Yisrael. So his name's Yisrael. Why don't we say, okay, Avram, okay, Yisrael, okay, Yisrael. That's the perfection of Yaakov. Okay? So listen to this. This is beauty. This is spectacular. How many letters are in Yisrael? Yud, Sin, Resh, Aleph, Lamed. Five. How many letters in Yaakov? Four. If you would say Avram, Yisrael, and Yaakov, there would be 14 letters. Avram, Yisrael, Yisrael, there would be 14 letters. See, here we go. Why is there 14 letters? Because Avram became Avraham. See, what happened was like this. It was Avram, Yitzchak, Yisrael. Now that va'agad lo shemecha, now that I made your name big, Hashem tells Avram, now that I added a hey and enlarged your name, that's why in Shemona Esrei we changed it to Lokei Yaakov. This way we still have 13 letters and with the 13 letters and that equals, and that equals the, the 26. But now, which begs the obvious question, why does the bracha only end with Avram? Why are we only mentioning Avram? So, there's a few, I've seen a few different answers. This year I came across a, uh, a, a fascinating idea from Rabbi Shimon Shkap, Zechariah Levracha, one of the r- most fantastic Rashivas that are learned all over Yeshiva now, his Torah is learned everywhere. Shimon Shkap says that the stage right before Mashiach is the chasima, the, the final stage where it's going to be stamped before Mashiach, is um, 
is going to be Avram Avinu. The blessing ends, the chasima, the ending of the first blessing. When I say only Yanzel, okay, Avram. You know why? Because it's teaching us that at the end of time, right before Mashiach, Yidin are going to have to find Hashem like Avram Avinu did. Yitzchak had a, had a father who was a gadol. Yaakov had a father who was a gadol. Yitzchak had a father who was a Avram had a father who was Terach. Avram's father was Terach. That's, that's what he was raised in. And you should know, even if somebody's raised in a home that's, we'll call it, ob- observant, there's an avoda to that too. You got to make sure you're not, a, you're not a penguin. You're not just hopping around on black and white because that's the style. It's like, no, what's my personal relationship? What, where do I, what's my relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Hopefully we'll be able to focus on that more tonight in the Bavavishir. Where do I stand? Where, where, who am I? Where am I? Where's the Rabbi Shalom? How do I connect to Rabbi Shalom? This is going to be an avoda for every Jew, says Rav Shimon Shkaf, in the time before Mashiach, which is called the Tkufas HaChasimah, the stage of the end. And that's why the first blessing, says Rav Shimon Shkaf, ends with Magin Avraham. Because the end of time, the end of, of time when there's going to be Bracha, the Baruch Hashem, we're all going to have to be Avraham Avinus. Where the Avaida, the service, is not, it's not going to be as simple as just do the right thing, do it. There's going to be, there's going to be a search for more. There's going to be like, yeah, I will, even if I say I will do it, but I, I, I want to connect more than just my actions. I want to connect my whole essence. And that's what Avram Avinu was able to accomplish. And if you take this and get even deeper, you know, we, we've mentioned this last week, but <clears throat> it's interesting to think about Avram, we talk about him like he was the first one to go out on his own and find HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we spoke out last week, you know, he was alive with his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, Noah, for 58 years. It's not like nobody in the world knew God. They knew, they, they, there were those who knew God, but they didn't get to the level of Avram Avinu. Where Avram Avinu, <coughs> he may have had a Noah, he may have had somebody else, he may have, but to become the Avram Avinu, he did that on his own. He did that on his, and again, we look at Noah, and this is also something fascinating. It's not possible that Adam Avinu lived in a society where he was the only one who, uh, excuse me, <coughs> the only one who knew anything about Hashem. Because what did we say about Noah last week? We said, Noah and his generation were the tzaddik, but in Avram's generation, all right, maybe not. In Avram's generation, I thought nobody knew Hashem besides for Avram. Who, who, uh, what does that mean? What's so great about Avram's generation? There were, there was shame, right? There was, Noyach's son was there. There were other, there were Gedalim. There were, were uh, shame, who was Malkit Tzedek, who we mentioned this week's parsha as well. So, what's unique about Avram? Is that, that nobody else knew about their Bansha? Not to Avram's level. To, to personally go out there, that is Achrayis, that's responsibility. And we find that's what's going on today. That's, a, you know, that's the Avaidah. We, we see that literally leading up to the times of Mashiach. And that's why we end says Rav Shimon Shkup, with Magin Avraham alone, as opposed to mentioning, um, as opposed to mentioning uh, Avraham and Yitzchak, as well, uh, uh, Yitzchak and Yaakov as well. Okay. Says HaKadosh Baruch I will bless, he promises Avraham, I will bless those who bless you. This is interesting, it's a change. I will bless those who bless you. 
and those who curse you will be cursed. There's a change here. It's not proper sequence. Again, Hashem says, I will bless those who bless you. When's the blessing going to come? Before they bless you. I will bless those who bless you. But then it says, those who curse you, I will curse. It's the other way. Because this is how HaKadosh Baruch Hu works. This is how God works. This is the chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even, if, even before you do some God's above time, even before you do something good, there's already a reward coming. It's kumt. It's coming. Right? The, the, the goodness is coming. When it comes to doing things that are wrong, HaKadosh Baruch Hu waits. HaKadosh Baruch Hu waits. So a person, and then also, there's something deeper here, which is, you have to be somebody who's a person of blessing in order to be able to see others to bless them. There's a mindset that you have to be in. There's, there's a, a, there's a, there has to be a good space in your head to be able to see the good that exists in the world and to see the good in others where that itself receives schar. That already you're receiving reward just for being in that spot, just for being in that space. And then you go and you start blessing people. All right, the, so the bracha is already coming. As opposed to, you know, God forbid the other way, <clears throat> there's people who don't see anything. Rabbi Victor Miller, as a friend of the bracha was known, he would teach his Talmidim how to build these uh, patterns in our minds of, of goodness. He would train his Talmidim that every time you hear a siren. You start saying Shir Hamalas. You train your students. Hear any siren. It could be a fire truck. It could be an ambulance. It could be a police car. It doesn't matter where the siren's coming from. There's, that means there, there, there's an issue. I don't know if it's a big issue or a small issue. I don't know who it is. It doesn't matter. You train yourself. You hear something. You, say a, you, you start saying Tehillim. That's it. You're walking down the street. You hear a siren. Shir Hamalas. Or if you don't know Shir Hamas, say that whoever it is, they should just be gesund, should be blessed. He would sit by his window, he would when on Shabbos afternoon, he would take a you know, when things were a little quiet, he'd sit by the window as he would try to just doze off so that people could he would be able, as he's dozing off, to see people walking by his window and and just give brachas. He said he should you know, he'd see random people. Jew, non-Jew, doesn't matter whether anybody, he would just say to himself, you should be good bench, be good bench. <laughs> you should have blessing, you should have blessing, you should have blessing. That's it. And you train yourself like, oh, in my head, in my head, I'm just, uh, I'm just you know, it's, it's, it's a good space. You want good for people. You want good for the world. You want, so those, HaKadosh Baruch is letting us know, if you're a person who could bless others, you're already blessed. You're already blessed. The other way, It's unfortunate. Right, you're seeing the negative, you're seeing the, the, the dark side of things, but the consequence, you know, you curse somebody, that, the, the, the consequence, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is not going to bring until it's, uh, until it's already done. So, those who, I will bless those who bless you, and those who curse you, I will curse, and they'll be blessed through you, all the, fa- all the, the families on earth. Now Rashi says, uh, there's many explanations given, but I'll tell you what I think the pshat is, says Rashi. Pshat is, a person will say to their child, Teheka Avram, be like Avram. So Avram, you're going to be like the example to, to the rest of the world that people were, were when, when people look at their child, instead of them saying, I want you to be the President of the United States, 
or I want you to be something which is so subjective and changes with time, because you never know who's going to be in that position, you're going to be the person who people could look at somebody else and be like, Halavai, you should be like Avram Avinu. Halavai, we could, that's the role model. Right? Not to be Avram, we're supposed to be unique and be ourselves, but to, but to, to have that model. <coughs> so I saw that um, from, a, I, I don't know who says this, I was trying to find a, a source for this. I saw this in one of the flyers I got from Eretz Yisrael. I was like, I want to know who quoted this. It's brilliant. He says that sometimes a person tells their child, you got to do good. So what's the child say? You do good. You hypocrite. Stop telling me what to do. You do it. Sometimes they're right. So the father says, no, no, no. Avram's father was also Tarach. Right? <laughs> ah, no, fine. In other words, parents, parents find an excuse. You know why I could tell my child to use Avram as a role model? Because they can't throw it back on me. Right? <laughs> oh, be, be like Avram, then you be like Avram. I am Avram's father. So you should still be like Avram. Right? It, doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. So I thought that was right. I was like, I got to, I, I want to quote whoever said this, but it, he didn't bring a source for it, but I, I copped the gishmak from it. That was, uh, right? Yeah. Avram's father was an Amoritz, right? Also. <clears throat> um, okay. So all the families on earth will be blessed through Avram. Now, literally this means that we find this in our, in our own time. And obviously because the Torah says it's going to be like that. It's referring to those who take care of you. When a person takes, of, takes care of Hashem is promising Avram, whoever takes care of your family and your people is guaranteed they're only going to see bracha come out of it. The entire world, all families on planet earth, any person who's ever been born, if, they, if they're there for a Jew, they'll see bracha. There's got to be blessing that, uh, that comes to them just like in an in a, uh, automatic fashion. Okay. And Avram went... So Hashem instructed him to go, and now he's going. As Hashem spoke to him about. Interesting. Now we're introduced to Avram's nephew, Lot. He took Lot Ito. He took Lot with him. There's two Hebrew words that can mean with. Ito and Imo. Imo also means with him. This says, Lot went Ito. Lot went with him. We'll explain the difference between Imo and Ito in a moment. Avram is now 75 years old when he left from Charm. Okay. Now, what's the difference between, what does it mean that Avram Avinu took Lot Ito? So the difference between Imo and Ito, the commentators explain is the following. You could have two people going to the same location. They're going together. One person is going on business and one person is going on vacation. Or one person's going for vacation and somebody else is going to rob. Whatever it is. There's two people, they're walking together, same place, doing the same thing, but they're not really together. They have two completely different goals. See, whenever it says the word emo with them, that, that gives off connotations that they were heart and mind connected on this. We were together, not just physically walking together. We were together. This was a team. Uh, you know, this was a, uh, a team uh, uh, travel. 
As opposed to, when it says Ito, the Torah is letting me know, Avram went for one reason, and Lot went for a different reason. Now, Avram went because Hashem instructed him to go. Lot went because he wanted all the riches. That's why Lot went. And as we find later on, the dispute between Avram shepherds and Lot shepherds was that Lot already was thinking about his inheritance. <laughs> right? He's like, oh, Avram doesn't have any kids. I'm the next to kin. And Hashem promised in the land of Canaan, it's already mine. Now, we need somebody here. <laughs> and first of all, Hashem didn't give it to Avram yet. And Avram didn't uh, pass away yet or even tell you, write in his will that you're going to be there. Right? How do you know? But Lot already had his, his uh, mind playing with him. <clears throat> Letting him know that, oh, for Shnitzach, it's already mine. That's the Ito. Lot went for his personal reasons because he had, he had his head in a selfish space, not being concerned while Avram, while Avram Avinu... <coughs> Avram Avinu was going for, uh, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now the Mepharshim say, Vayelach Ito, Vayelach Avram, that Avram went, is, it means he went immediately. Hashem instructed him, and Avram started going. You find the same concept by the Akedah. When he went to offer up Yitzchak on the Akedah, he woke up early in the morning. There's reason in the right? So, Rav um, Lapian, he was always uh, very careful to come a few minutes early to, to Davin. Whatever time Shachras was, wherever time, wherever he had a shear, he'd come a few minutes early. Thank you so much. We'll see if, we'll see if this works. Um, he was always careful to come a few minutes early. They asked him why he's always, you know, whatever time Shabbat, even if it was like a, you know, whatever minion that was, he would show up five minutes before. He didn't necessarily go to the earliest minion in town. He probably did. But uh, even if not, he made a few minutes. He always came a little bit early. <clears throat> they asked him why. So he says, listen, after 120 years, I'm going to come up to Shemai. And the Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law, starts out with the words, Yisgaber Kari, that a person should wake up like a lion in the morning, Lamod Baboker to stand in the morning, Avodas Bor, we wake up in the morning. So we wash our hands, like the Kohen washed his hands in the sink before his day of service. So when we start out our day, we're starting out a day of service, Tasha. He says, I want to show up at whatever time I'm, I'm you know, it, it is. I want to come a few minutes early. Why? After 120, they're going to pull out a Shulchan Aruch. Yeah? They're going to say, listen, here's the code of Jewish law. All right, let's start. Multiple choice. Number one, at least let me get the first answer right. That was his thing, right? The first one is, no, a person should strive to, to strengthen themselves, to, uh, to wake up and serve Hashem and to be there on time. And is I want to get the first one. You know, some of us might get the first one wrong. Okay, so there's always a second one. That's fine. But that was, that was uh, Revelio Lapian's uh, response to his, uh, his Talmidim, his students. At least let me get the first halacha as long as HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives me the, uh, as long as God gives me the ability and the, the kochus to, uh, to do that. Okay. So what happens? So he takes Lot with him and he takes Sarai, who's, uh, Lot was also her nephew. There's a whole, a whole uh, uh, Torah over here. We'll mention it now. This is interesting. You know, later in the Parsha, in Parag Yudalit, in chapter 14, so we have the battle between the four kings and the five kings. And they draw Avram into battle. And people, you know, if you look at the verse, literally, it seems Avram went into battle to save Lot. Um, Avram didn't go into battle uh, only to save Lot. I don't know if he would have done that to, uh, for Lot. But if you look at the way the verses are, are uh, written, it's very clear that, that the reason why Lot was captured was purposely 
to stop Avram from what he was doing. The Medrash tells us that one of the reasons why Avram was careful to keep Lot with him, even though Lot wasn't the biggest tzaddik always, he was a tzaddik as long as he was with Avram. He always did the right thing and he certainly was a tzaddik. Kind of changed as he moved out to Sodom. Um, but Avram was very careful to keep Lot next to him because they looked identical. Lot and Avram, were, they looked like twins. They were first cousins. They were first cousins. Lot was uh, Sarah's brother and uh, Avram's nephew. Sarah was, Lot's, was Avram's niece. And they were, they were identical. And Avram always had a concern. The Medrash says that anywhere Lot went, <clears throat> people thought he was Avram. So he felt it would be a Chil Hashem if Lot ever did something wrong. You ever see twins and you don't know who's who? Right? So if, if one twin is a big name like Avram Avinu, the other twin better represent Avram Avinu because they don't know who's who. So <clears throat> the kings captured Lot's specifically because they wanted to parade Lot around as if he was Avram and to agree that Avodazara was right. And thereby they would be able to stop Avram spreading the name of Hashem. And Avram knew all this and that's why he went into battle to get Lot back because he knew exactly why the kings captured Lot. It wasn't about Lot. It was the fact that Lot was, was uh, like a brother to him. And if this reads incredible um, in, the, in the verses. It says, they, kept, they took Lot, the Esrachusho, and his possessions, Ben Achi Avram, the son of the brother of Avram. We already said this twice. I know, you, we use the expression twice. That Lot was Avram's nephew. Why do you got to tell me? The Pasuk's telling me why they captured Lot. They captured Lot because of his relation and it's an interesting expression of calling him the brother's son. A brother is somebody who you look alike. It's right, same genes. Vayelechu, and they left. And he was living in Sodom. And now they, a fugitive came, it's known to be Og, came and told Avram that also. Uh, there's a whole tire on that, that Og, he, he did receive reward for informing Avram, but at the same time, he didn't do it because he liked Avram. He actually knew that Avram was going to go get Lot back because of what was going on, and they were trying to stop him, and he was hoping to marry Sarah. So he's also uh, th- looking towards the future over here, looking a little too far ahead, a few steps ahead where his mind shouldn't have been. Vayagid Avram ha'ivri, he told to Avram, the Ivri, again, why are you calling Avram an Ivri here? Because what does Ivri mean? Avram on the other side. He, Avram was the Ivri. He, always, he, he was different than everybody else. So Avram, Avram was the Ivri here, and they were trying to stop what was happening by him being an Ivri. Vayishma Avram, and then Avram hears. Kinishba Achiv, that his brother's captured. We changed Lot from being a nephew to a brother. Again, because what's happening is, this, it's incredible how this fits into the Pesukim. Uh, a fugitive comes and tells Avram, and then it says, and Avram hears that his brother's captured. Well, Avram's not, uh, Avram wasn't hard of hearing that we know of. We, it doesn't say that anywhere. So why is it necessary to say that, that he heard? And the answer is because the word Shema doesn't mean to hear with your ears. It means to hear with your mind. So the fugitive came and told Avram the information. But Vayishma Avram, Avram understood everything that's happening here. Kinish Ba'achiv, Lot was only captured because he was his brother. 
It wasn't really his... Now, before he just called him his nephew. Now he's going with his brother. The answer is, Avram's getting the whole picture now. He says, oh, I know why they captured Lot. Because he's my twin. That's exactly what they're trying to do. And therefore, he, he goes out and fights and there's nothing to talk about. And he says, how many people he fought with. Yeah? Either he fought with Eliezer against the four kings who defeated the five kings. So now there's nine nations who he's fighting against. So either he took Eliezer with him or uh, he took 318 soldiers. Okay, Rashi gives different shotim uh, about other. Either way, it's Meshagas, doesn't make any sense. You know, but f- uh, famously, as the Gemara teaches us, the way they were victorious in battle, they said, well, Avram, what are we going to do? I mean, there's nine nations over here, they control the whole bit of least. How are we going to be victorious? Avram says, listen, don't worry about it, just bend down, pick up some sand, and throw it. And every little particle of sand turned into a spear, and each spear found a different soldier. So every time they threw a fistful of sand, like, 30,000 uh, soldiers would drop dead because the spear would just hit them exactly where it needed to hit them. And uh, Either way, there's nothing natural that's happening here. It didn't need to be because Avram Avinu was only, he wasn't, again, there was nothing, this was completely, he, he only went into battle because this was completely to spread HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name. He knew that they were trying to stop the spread of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name and he was going to stop them from stopping the spread of, uh, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name. Okay. <clears throat> Now, the w- one more idea I wanted to, to share, and we'll hold it, we'll, we'll, we'll stop with this, is that there's a, there's a big question in general about Avram's handling of Lot. Because ultimately he saves Lot, but then they, they have to go their separate ways. And there's a, there's a broad conversation which... Every year, Parshas Lechlecha, I start to think about, and I've seen different things. You know, it's still developing, though, for me personally, and I'd like to hear some thoughts. Um, Avram Avinu is the epitome of relationship builder, we would think. That's, that's what he did. That's who he was, right? He brought people in. He was Makarov, and he taught, and he spread. And we know Avram as the as the together man. Um, but he, he couldn't do that for his own nephew. He couldn't do it for his own nephew. At, at a certain point, he, he needed to cut ties. As great as his abilities were to try to, um, you know, to, to try to be Makar of everybody. And all the nations, that was Avram's goal, was to, to spread HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to draw people near and to draw people close. But th- then he, he tells his nephew, and like he's the one who lays down the law. It's not like Lot said, oh, I'm out of here. Avram says to him, like, Gnuk, enough. Enough, you're out of here. I, I can't, this, this cannot continue. What's the, you know, the, I, I've seen a few people ask this and, and discuss this, but what's the underlying idea what's the underlying message how's it is it a weakness is it it's obviously not if the torah is telling us it's obviously a specific message in in relationships and you know sometimes it's it's harder it's true you know closer family is sometimes you know there's more uh, emotion involved but i'm just curious if, if anybody has, has thoughts on this interesting you know dynamic that ultimately happened between avam and Lot. Yeah. I think Lot became too trite. At a certain, I mean, yeah. whenever that point at was. At a certain level that 
that it was negotiable mm -hmm. and it was in, and it was acceptable but I think that it he was he was he was not he was just trade he was not good for for Abba, for his neshama for everything else it it was hurting it was hurting Abba. and then you need to stop yeah. you need to stop at that point yeah. you need to stop at that point I, hear, I mean, uh, touching on that for a moment, my father would, would share with me, and he made me actually do this. Uh, um, this was 13 years ago. Um, I was running a high school program in Maine in the summer, summer camp. Um, and there was a ninth grader who... Uh, he, he was just like ruining everything, ruining everything. I mean, like spiritually, like everything we were trying to accomplish. This kid was like purposely, just like like just stopping it, and it was it was impacting the whole program. We had a hundred, a little over one hundred twenty guys in the program, and it, so loud, such a foul mouth, so, and and it was just like pulling so many things down. And I called my father, and I was like, Todd, like, what do I do? I mean, he, was, he ran a high school for 50 years. So like, he's dealt with this, right? So I said, I said what did I do? So he said, he said, Menachem, when I started out in, in uh, Chinuch, so all the G'daylim told me it is usher. It is forbidden to ever kick somebody out of a yeshiva or a yeshiva program unless they're hurting other people. If they're hurting other people, then you have an obligation to send them out. However, you're also obligated to your student. So you have to figure something else out for them. So he said, if this student is, uh, if this camper, because it was a camp, uh, is pulling down the ruchnius of all the other kids and, and influencing it, you're not allowed to keep that student in the program. But at the same time, you're responsible to make sure that student is also taken care of, that camper uh, is also taken care of. So I said, what do I need to do? I said, okay, so this guy's got to go, he's got to go. So he said, first of all, make sure that any yeshiva that he's in is not going to do anything to him if they hear he was sent away from camp because that's your achrayas to make sure that the, the, um, you know, the, the dominoes don't fall negatively in, in the direction where halacha doesn't demand it. And if, he's, you know, if the yeshiva hasn't seen that he's hurting other boys in the yeshiva, so they, they should keep him. Um, so you're not allowed to do anything like that. And he said, secondly, uh, you have to learn with him twice a week until uh, he gets back into a summer program. So in other words, he's telling me that until he starts yeshiva or until he gets into a different camp, I can't just send him back home and not give him any sort of schedule. I need to call him up twice a week and learn with him for a half hour uh, uh, each time. And that's what I had to do. So I, so I kicked the kid out of camp. I told him I'm staying, I'm still your chavrusa. And we learned twice a week. That's you know, what we had to do. But it was, you know, he was, he was uh, teaching me a message at the time. Um, which is, there's a, there's an, at a certain point, there's an achrayas to stop a relationship. Um, when it comes to chinuch, though, you know, he was, you know, the, the, Lot was different, Lot was already an adult, but it was my responsibility. Hold on, I've shared all the time. I had many, many uh, roommates uh, that when I was in middle school, I had many boys that my father kicked out of the high school and they moved into our house. <laughs> they moved into our house. Yeah, he, 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 until there was another yeshiva for them, they became my roommates. All the, <laughs> all the boys, all the boys that you wouldn't want around. I could tell you some good stories. I had sisters at home. I had sisters. They would throw parties. 
It was a Thursday night. I'll tell you this, Thursday night, I still remember. It got to be like one o'clock in the morning. One o'clock in the morning, one of my sisters had baked, um, had baked um, like uh, two beautiful cakes to put out Thursday night for this yeshiva boy who was, uh, you know, he came back. He was kicked out of the dorms. He came back. And next thing we know, my father is like the yeshiva of the high school. They are petrified. They were petrified of him. It's like one o'clock in the morning. All of a sudden, like the door, the, like the door opens. There's like 11 high school kids. They all like tiptoe into the house. They go into the kitchen and like polish off the cakes. They were invited over. You know, this guy felt like he's part of our family already. So he's inviting his buddies over, you know. <laughs> the guy, they come over for dessert on Thursday night at one o'clock in the morning. So now they have a story for the rest of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was fun. It was, you know, it was fun. But that was, you know, that was, you, you got to take care of him. Yeah, go ahead. Try to be cured with them, but try to find some other people to help bring them along. Yeah. Too close to you, so For sure. Like For sure. So my my kids well. despise learning with me. <laughs> they don't like it. My kids are not like it. Other people are like, oh, I can learn by telling it. It's great. I'll be what? Huh? But no. I mean, uh, Yaakov is now in yeshiva. Now when he comes home, he's fine with it. He hated learning with me. He hated it. There's like a sp- and I didn't like learning with my father either. My father was great. I didn't like, as a kid, eh, pain in the neck. What do I need to be here for? Like, uh, give me a ball. Sit in front of a book. Okay. So he, he went and he hired tutors for me. When he hired tutors for me because he, 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 I needed like an older brother instead of, but yeah, sometimes you need to do that for sure. You're saying you need a, you know, Avram, Avram saw in Lot that he needed a, to be sent off a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 